0: I think is kind of interesting is, you know, the possibility of like the Hollow Earth theory. Mm-hmm. You know, these things live. You know, there is a society inside the Earth. Um, isn't there? I think there's a new show on that just started like last week. That, that's kind of like on the Hollow Earth theory, where this huge hole opens up and people fall into another uh, uh, another world inside of ours. And there's different creatures, uh, odd creatures and stuff that's there. Um, I think it just started on one of the mainstream. Uh, I got to check you know, that team. out.
1: That's interesting. It's yeah, kind of like Land of the a, Lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Bra or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. It's, on, um, it's like on ABC or CBS, NBC, one of them on Tuesday nights. And it was like this hole opened up. Uh, in this city, and everything got sucked down in there, and it went into a different, like, world, and there's like, like you said, there's all these odd creatures that are living in, you know, in this society, and last week was, like, the first show, so I think tomorrow night's, like, the second um, the second one, but that's a possibility, I mean, the Hollow Earth theory has been taken very serious by, you know, Hitler looked into it, Stalin has looked into it, we have looked into it. So there's something to it where there's a possibility where there is another world, you know, and these creatures might be, you know, might be coming up. Um, when Katrina happened uh, in New Orleans, uh, I had a lot of friends that were still in the military at the time and people who were uh, in the military I was with. And End up working for contact uh, contract security companies that end up going to uh, um, Louisiana and they were telling me they they were seeing these reptilian creatures that lived underground and when everything came flooded they came up and they were seeing these things uh, you know run around Louisiana and one guy said I don't know if this is true I mean it kind of makes sense but he said but that that was one of the main reasons that the guns were taken away from the people. Okay. Not the fact that, you know, uh, they're going to kill each other or kill a looter or something like that. They did not want someone to shoot one of these things and it ended up on the six o'clock news or they retaliate somehow against the civilian population.
1: That makes sense.
0: (laughs) Right. So I don't know if that's true or not. It makes sense. But He was telling me, one of his friends was out on patrol one night, and they came across a group of them. And he said, they looked at them, they looked at us, and we froze. Our bodies froze. We couldn't move. Our eyes can move, but we couldn't move. And when these things left and got out of the area, he said they were able to move. It was like somehow they... Put a trance on them where, all right, you're frozen. We're getting out of here. You can't harm us type thing. You know, it's just, I mean, that's crazy.
1: It's crazy, but it's not not unheard of. I mean, you know, I got a report out of the desert, you know, right there. Once again, you know, in in the desert, you know, and this was in, I believe, Arizona outside of Sedona, which is a weird place, too, in, in its own right and And I was told that there were reptilians there and and i and I've been told more than once that people have seen dogmen and reptilians in the same area even had a report of one chasing another um which was weird it was odd you know these uh and and if if the reports were to be believed, you know people saying that they see these things running alongside their cars and and it's just it's nuts you get so many reports yeah and and then you have to kind of sift through and and take take the ones that are are you know um I know that one of the things that I that I heard from the Ivory Coast about these uh, little crocodile people and I say little because they're, they're the crocodiles in Africa get huge, okay? Uh, they'll grow as big as their environment will allow, okay? Right. And so w- these little crocodile men, I forgot the name of them. They had like a, a a little little name like Kokomomo or Kokobombo or some some it it was something like that. I I, I don't want to butcher the name. And, uh, and I'd have to ask a couple of my friends. They were actually Lebanese. There were several Lebanese people that I knew that I used to work with, and they and they they went back to live in in, in the Ivory Coast. And, and I've known several that that lived there. And uh, one of them's cousin who came to visit when when I used to work downtown at the nightclub. He was a really nice guy. He'd come in there. He'd just drink. He was real soft spoken. And he had lived in Australia for a while. And we were talking about spiders. We're talking about the huntsman in particular. He had caught one. He, he showed me a picture. It was crazy how big it was. And then he he's telling me, he goes, dude, there's spiders like way bigger than that in the Ivory Coast. And I said, wow. And so I said, you ever see anything weird? Like, and of course I, I was, you know, I'm a big uh, dog man person because I've seen one, you know? And so I asked him about that. And he said, no, I've never seen anything like that. He goes, but, uh, he goes when I was, you know, living in the Ivory Coast. He's like, there were these reptilian-looking creatures, they, they, and they—they they, their name basically translated to crocodile people. And- you know,
0: I'm, I'm I'm looking it up. It's very interesting. There's a crocodile man of uh, Papua,
1: Papua pa- Papa uh, New Guinea. Uh, yeah, Papua New Guinea. Yeah,
0: yeah, Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and they they have like a guy dressed up as one with the arms and everything and, you know, eating, eating someone. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really weird that, you know, these things, uh, you know, these people are not making this stuff up, man.
1: No, I mean, you I mean, know, if it, they grew it, up yeah. with it.
0: Yeah. They grew up with it. They knew, you know, they know these, these things are, you know, legitimate. They're, they're the real, the real thing.
1: They, and they say yeah. that if you get too close to the water that these things can like can like pull you into the water and one of their, the things that they do is they just they're really strong muscular they have like an upper body uh, with kind of short looking arms from what what I was told and they will drown you they'll latch onto you with their with their their, their kind of like snout which isn't really long. it's just a short muzzle snout but they'll they'll grab onto you and they'll just hold you under the water and then you drown and then they eat you. And they, and they run around in little packs, according to them. And I say little because they're actually about six foot tall. But when you think of how big Bigfoot and, the like, we were talking about the Yeti and how big, you know, Makilimambembe, <laughs> Mbembe, these things are small compared to them. And they're smaller than uh, crocodiles. But what separates them from these other crypt is that they're extremely aggressive and mean. They're very hostile. Um, and if you're if you're anywhere near their territory, they'll attack you. And and they 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 roam around in little packs, and that's kind of how they survive uh, larger predators trying to mess with them because they 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 swarm, and supposedly where there's one, there's more than there's always two, three, four, you know, and that's what that's just what I was told, and I was told that by more than a couple of them. There was a it was a, a a buddy of mine who lived in the Ivory Coast, and he he uh, he had a, a nice place, a ranch, and I went out there to visit. And he had, uh, two housekeepers that actually came over with him from the Ivory Coast and they were natives and they were always very happy. They were singing and and just very friendly people. And one of them was that she cooked. And the other one was like the, the, the housekeeper and, uh, they, they, they would sit around you know, after dinner and tell stories and they spoke, um, like French. Uh, some of them spoke French that they learned from the the Lebanese had the, a common language with them and they would, they would tell stories back and forth and now they didn't speak English, but my friend would translate and he would tell me my brother and, and some of our friends, you know, these stories. And one of them was about the crocodile people. Uh, and I uh, I can't remember what they were called, the Cocomombo or something like that. I keep wanting to say that that's what it's called, but I'm not a hundred percent. But anyways, it's not a real well-known story but but they they absolutely 100% believe in it and my and my friend he believed that it was just like a mythology. Now, the other guy, his cousin, the one that came that lived in Australia, um he said that he believed it was real and that their uncle had actually seen one when he was a kid, like or a couple of them, you know. Um and they were outside kicking a soccer ball and it rolled down near uh uh a, 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 like a runoff water uh, area, whatever. And they told him don't go because those, you know, those crocodile people live in that water. And if you go down there to try to get that ball, they're going to grab you. So he didn't believe it. So he's, he's about 10 or 11 years old. He started walking down there near the water. And sure enough, he saw one come up out of it. Uh, that was supposedly his, un- his his uncle, you know, he did, that happened way back, you know, in like the forties or something, but it's crazy When you think about it, like people are going to dismiss it out of hand, like, oh, this is ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous because you haven't seen it and you don't live amongst these kind of things. You don't have to deal with it. You know, you can sit at your house and watch uh, TV and live in your comfort in your burka, your lounge or whatever, and you're not going to have to go out and deal with these things. Um, you know, but there are people who have to live amongst these things and it is a reality for them. Now I know that kind of leading into something else here, switching gears a little bit, but you, um, the Germantown werewolf, like you did actually go on location and you interviewed people who actually saw this thing, right? Right. Yeah. And so for them, for those people, that's a reality. You know, like, like for, for, you know, not you, Jody, but like talking about someone in general, you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to, you're not going and seeing this thing. It's not coming up to your house. You're just thinking, oh, these are just stories to be kind of dismissed. It sounds cool and it's kind of spooky, but you know, whatever. But the thing is, there is the reality that there are people who live amongst these things that have to deal with these things. It's not a joke. You know, I mean, it, it really happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, there in Germantown, you know, Ohio, uh, for a lot of people don't know, Ohio is flat land, okay? It's it's all farms. And we're dairy, pork, you know, cows, and corn, okay? Um, you know, you go through Ohio. Um, I mean, a friend of mine who lives in Texas drove through Ohio one time and was like, that's all corn. It's all corn, you know. <laughs> when you because you know when when you go, when you go through a city, you know, and you, you're going up 75 or 71, going to the next city. I mean, it's all farmland that you see on the on the sides, you know, until you get into a small other area, and then once you get out of there, it's it's still farmland and corn and cows and you know all that other stuff. So you know, Germantown was a small community, farming community, and it, it back in the '70s it just started to expand. So they went into the woods and built these communities, these neighborhoods, suburbs in the woods. And one of the first ones they built was this street called Butter Street. And this is in the '70s, and it went real deep. Into the woods, just one long street, okay? Out this small little community It was the one that went like the farthest into the woods. So the people would see this creature, and they called it the Butter Street Monster, because it would always come on the street. You would see it was either taking the dogs, the cats, going through the trash, looking through windows. Uh, the kids would see it. It's like uh, they were told, you know, when they're out at night, you know, uh, when it starts to get dark, get inside. You know, uh, get inside. Don't be outside at, uh, at night. And it was just something that everybody knew about. And it just got to the point where they call it, you know, now the, uh, the Germantown werewolf. This this thing is bold enough. That we, we talked to um, a couple women that uh, were in a beauty shop getting their hair done on a Saturday afternoon in downtown Germantown and they're looking up and they're seeing this beautiful dog look through the window and this dog was standing, had his paws up to the window. They they said, you know, it looked like human hands and it's looking in the Mm -hmm. window at them and they're like, man, this thing's beautiful. And then all of a sudden it just walks off on two legs and they run to the window. They're watching this thing just walk across the road and head back into uh, the farmland. I I mean, those are the type of stories that you get. People are seeing something. Uh, They just can't make this stuff up.
1: Especially when Uh, you you get a bunch of different people that don't know each other.
0: You know, you get people that see things they embellish because they're, I can't use, I hate to use the word embellish, but they're, they're scared. And they they haven't seen a thing before because people know, you know what a deer looks like, you know what a bear looks like, you know what a cat looks like, you know what a dog looks like. But when you see something that, you know, you never seen before, and that's what pisses me off more than anything where people say, oh, it's misidentification. No, people know what wildlife looks like. We knew it since grade school, what a zebra and an elephant looks like. You know when you see something that you never seen before or you were never ever taught about, there's something unusual about that or interesting about that however you want to look at it they there's something to it, and people remember that.
1: yeah, you're right. One of the things I thought about when I was when I was younger and the and I had the encounter that I had. One of my distant cousins, she's um, like, I don't know how far away she would be, probably like my fifth, she'd be like a fifth cousin or something. It's pretty far out there. But I mean, she's really just a friend, but she saw, I, I think, the same thing I did. I think it was the same creature. I think it was the exact same identical creature, but she saw it in December, in like mid-December. And I saw it in October. And then my friend, my other friend, I think he saw it in December too. There were three people that saw it that December, and only two people that saw it in October. I did, I traced it back, but the the legends and the stories go way, way back. You know, my great aunt would tell me about the guy or the black dog, which I, I, I I've come to know now that the black dog is a completely different deal than than the uh, hombre lobo. The hombre lobo is uh, like a like uh in in the in the Hispanic culture where I'm from, they that is a wolf man, like right. it's half man, half wolf. Upper body looks like a, like a man, and lower body looks like a wolf. Well, some people believe like the, the, the European uh, people that came over and settled there predominantly Czech and German, and they called it a werewolf. Well, the African-Americans that settled that the, in there in, in, in my hometown that, you know, and some of them, like my friend's grandmother had, had acres that they, they had since the civil war and they lived out, you know, in, on this uh, plot of land for generations and they had a bottom area and they called it the haint. Now she said the haint was, uh, they were, it would look like a werewolf. And I asked her and and I called her granny bass. That was her name to me anyway. And and I said, granny bass, what does it look like? She says, let me tell you something, boys. She's like, it looks like a werewolf. She goes, you ever seen a werewolf on TV? And I said, yes, that's exactly what it looks like. And we were down there looking for crawdads at the creek And we were told to run through the water, you know, um, not to go, uh, to try to run in the stream as long as you could before you got out. Now I I realized what she was years later, what that meant was because this thing was canine and it would track your scent. So yeah, so we would, so we heard some noises one time and I'm I'm convinced that it was something. Uh, I think it was one of those creatures and, and I was just a little kid. Now I didn't see anything. So I don't count that as an encounter because I didn't see it. I believe that I may have had a couple brushes with Bigfoot too, um, but I never saw it. Except for one time when we were working back in 2017, my wife saw the side profile of it and she said it absolutely was a Sasquatch. I did not see that. All I saw was the back. And as far as I know, there were Hereford cows there. It could have been the side of one of those. And I told her, I said, I can't say definitively. She's like, I know what I saw. I said, I believe you. I believe you. Because something had spooked all the cows and they were all in one corner. So it would be odd that that one uh, uh, steer or cow was right there by itself away from the others. So whatever that was, was probably... I believe my wife, which she saw, she saw it very briefly, but it, it was weird because we heard them mooing and acting weird. And of course, you know, over here in Austin, they're building tract housing, and even even on healthy farmland, they're building tract housing, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. But they're building it right up, right up, right up, uh, abutted up to uh, a farm, and these people had some cows and you're you're going like right there in your backyard whoever bought those houses there in their backyard is a farm you know so um but th- there were cows there and we heard some noises like something like was going on um and then a couple of days uh, b- uh before that one of the guys horses had been killed and they they thought it was a it was coyotes and i was like what so i was talking to this guy cuz one of my guards actually talked to the guy um, and I believe it was actually Scorpion that, 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 that everybody knows who that is. He's been on the show and we were on the travel channel together, but, uh, he, he, I believe it was him that talked to one of the farmers and, and that, that guy said, yeah, one of my horses got killed, you know, um, by something. And, and they said it was coyotes. And he goes, I know what, no darn coyotes. And then one night I was out there, it sounded like a bunch of cows were being killed. And now not too far from there, maybe five or six miles from there. I got a report of, of, of a person telling me that when they were kids, this happened back in the late 70s, that they found coyotes impaled on tree branches um, in that same area. Like, you know, it would be probably a few miles up the road. And they lived on a farm out there, and they said that there was a, a, a Sasquatch um, that, that was in that area a very large big one he said that it was male they knew it was male because they saw it you know and they said that it was it, it they believed that it was uh, killing uh, animals you know killing dogs uh, and that they found coyotes uh, like, like i said impaled on, on in, in the trees and uh, so it wouldn't be a stretch to say maybe it was a bigfoot now i don't know because i like i said i didn't get a good look at it so i don't claim to have seen a bigfoot but I know what I saw when I when I when I was fifteen and that absolutely was a werewolf looking creature. I don't even call it a dog man because I really don't know what that is. Dogman to me was a term that was introduced to me by my brother who lived in Michigan for years and he said, Oh yeah, that's a dog man, that's what they call it. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. So when we looked up dog man on the internet, that guy's show popped up and I was like, Oh, okay. And so I contacted him about my story and the rest is history. And then I ended up eventually one thing led to another. Now I'm doing this talking to you. Well, I, I didn't, I never liked that term dogman because to me, it nobody I knew in, in Texas called anything a dogman. Nobody knew what that was. Nobody was calling it that, you know, they were just. It was either a werewolf, an hombre lobo, or a haint. It was. <laughs> it was different terms, depending upon your culture, um, and and everybody just had a different name for it. But it. But but they knew what it was. There was something, uh, going around doing things, and you know, and yeah, you know, there would be a, a little rash of sightings, and then it would go away for years. Sometimes it would go years, you know, and there wouldn't be nothing. Nobody would see anything. Nobody would hear anything. Nobody would talk about it. There was nothing going on, blah, blah, blah. And then there'd be two or three more, and then it'd go away. But I believe, and as weird as it sounds, I think there's two different things going on, even though I think they're they're related somehow. Um, there's a legend in my hometown of the mariachis, and, and, and they were supposedly, according to a story that my great aunt and one of her friends that told me, um, I always thought it was a story as a kid just to scare you so you behave, but what it is is and I think I've talked about it on the show before, They're, they sold their soul to the devil, and they became black dogs when they died as a curse. Now, there have been people in my hometown that have seen the black dogs. I and three of my friends saw a pack of them, and I believe that there, there was this guy walking with them that looked like a freaking zombie. We are just talking about zombies, but you know, it's weird because he, you, he had hollowed out eyes, and and I talk about it on my show. It's like I think it's called Black Hellhounds of of Taylor, Texas, or whatever. But uh, yeah, a buddy of mine I used to box with him, Tony Duran. He came on the show and he 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 talked about what he saw. Um, and and so you know, and it was two years after I saw the the uh, werewolf looking thing. They looked distinctly different. They looked like two different things, and I got the impression that they were two different things. But I think that they may be something supernatural. For 29 years, I thought that what I saw was physical. And then I got some information that made me think maybe it was metaphysical. But I also believe that some of these things come from the inner earth. Not necessarily the stuff that's going on in my hometown or in that region, but where you're at. And I believe all the way from you know Tennessee, Kentucky, I believe that there are entrances to the inner earth. And I believe – I honestly, I really believe that the physical – flesh and blood creatures come from the inner earth. And I've argued with people, you know, about that. And they're like, well, you have no proof. You can't do, you know, I can't prove anything no more than they can. You know, right. I just know that if you look at it and objectively just look at it and you just, you, 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 you know, you open your mind, not so far that your brain falls out, but you open your mind and then you look at the evidence and you know, what we've been able to figure out and ascertain. It makes sense. It really does. Because Kentucky is like a hotbed for these creatures. Now you've done a lot of research in Kentucky and and I believe that these creatures, a lot of them do come out of that cave system. I just, I really do. I think it's an entrance. I think it's an entrance to the inner earth. I think it's, there's a lot of entrances. I think there's a lot of them in Alaska. I think there's a lot of them in, in Kentucky and in Ohio. I think that's why you get all these, these weird reports uh definitely here, right here in Austin there's a lot of limestone there's there's tons of caves the entire downtown area there's underground city into there you know but i mean i i, I just i think that's where they come from and I, I i believe that they come from this area right here and they travel outward like for, from where i'm at i have a theory about it i believe that they travel outward to the outlying communities and maybe that's where the ones in my hometown went to because there there was food and, and, and there's wilderness, you know, in the outskirts, you know, whatever. So they, they would prey on livestock, you know. And every now and then you'd hear about a farmer or, or, or a rancher getting a, a pig or, a you know, a, a cow getting stolen or a goat, you know. And I think that's what they did. I think they ate them. And then I think that they came out of the caves. I mean, we have in Georgetown, we have this big cave, interspace caverns. Um, you know, another 60 miles north of here or south of here, we have some more caves, you know, and they have a big old uh, cave system. And I can't remember the name of it. Uh, we were just there like last uh, uh, December. Um, and, and it's just big old ca- inner, inner earth cave system, you know. So these creatures, I think that's where they come from. I mean, that that's one of my theories that I think that is very, very plausible. And I think that, that, that when you said that about the inner earth, that totally strikes a nerve with me. Um, you struck a chord with me, I'm sorry. And, and and it, and it th- these things come out of it and they just spread out looking for food and then they go back to where they came from. I mean, it just makes freaking sense. And people, you know, they just cannot wrap their minds around that these things exist. And I'm like, man, one day when you're not, you're not doing anything, but driving down the road, you're going to see something. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, there it is right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I talked with a deputy that here in Ohio. That was going down a, uh, a road, you know, one of these country roads and stuff. And he's seen this thing come out on the road and it picked up something off the road and walked, you know, into a field. Um, it was on all fours. And he said, Man, this thing, he said it was a baboon. He said, hey, This thing was the size of a cow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but he said it was a baboon. You know, uh, the, the the creature that, um, w- the guy, we, we interviewed a guy on his deathbed uh, who ended up dying of cancer that um, worked for the state of Kentucky that saw one kill two people in 1979 at LBL. And his description of this thing was very much like a baboon style creature it had the vein the hairy mane on its head and and you know neck area like a baboon does but he said the face of it was like a um a hyena is the way he described it wow. when he when, yeah when he first saw it um see he was fishing went fishing about four in the morning he said it was about seven o'clock um he decided to head back and there was fog out on the uh, lake there, so he decided to go along the shoreline, uh, so he wouldn't get hit by you know a boat, not be seen by a boat. So he sees his campsite, uh, he sees a pickup truck, he sees a tent, you know some chairs and so forth, and he sees this large animal on four legs. So he's thinking, well, it's a horse because people take horses down near to LBL. And he thinks, well, it's probably someone's horse. So as he gets closer, you know, he's seeing this thing. And it stands up on two legs. And he's getting, a re- he's close enough to the shoreline. He's able to see what this thing looks like. And, you know, he said it was dark, had arms like a human, body like a human. Uh, legs were like a dog. Short snout. Kind of like a hyena, but he said it had, you know, had high pointed ears, but it had like a mane. It looked like a um, hyena type, you know, uh, type creature. And it was the most of the hair was just around the head and neck area and up on the back, like how a hyena is or how a um, baboon is. And the people were coming out of the tent. It was a young couple. And he's telling them to look over there, look over there, and they're looking at him like he's nuts, you know. And, and he ends up saying, you know, effing look over there. And at that time, you know, this thing's coming over, and he said it just pounced on these two people. He, he it was on top of them, had their ha- each hand was on one of their chests, and it was biting down on their heads,
1: oh my and God. on their
0: face. Uh, you know, he, he said he saw. He, he goes, I urinated on myself. It scared me that bad. And he said I passed out. I don't know how long I was out. My boat was up against a tree that was, you know, big branches stuff that was down on the shoreline. My boat ended up hitting on that. Uh, you know, and he said, I, you know, I never said anything to anybody. He said we all knew that we were not allowed to talk about what was there. We were not allowed to talk about it so he would look in the newspapers to see if there was a like an animal killing he would kind of make small talk with people and see if they heard anything about an animal killing and um he said about a year i guess it was about a year later he was back down there and he said the area where this campsite was he said they end up planting trees there they blocked the road off so he told us exactly where it was um the exact area uh drew us a map said this was the area this is the road and we went up there and we found the exact spot where this happened i mean the road you couldn't get back in the road because it had a huge um mound that they just of dirt and everything they they put the block the road off and it's just like this big grass mound so you had to kind of like climb over it but the road's still there And you can see where they cut in probably, you know, uh, 10, 15 feet of that shoreline where they just took out where I guess the campsite was. They just came in and just hauled that area away because you you, like step down into a, a piece of flat earth. And then the shoreline's there, and it's just this only spot there not not the whole rest of the shoreline's not like this. it was like just this spot where they just and you can see the trees where they you know end up um, burying or, or planting new trees because the trees are still young enough they weren't they weren't big because trees only grow like so so much a year and they weren't that big uh, around. You know, maybe, I don't know, 12 inches or something like that, 10 inches. Uh, But you can see where they came in, and it was the same area. And uh, it was just, it it was crazy. But what was weird was there's, they they put a road in that blocked the back part of um, the fishing area. Okay, there's like a, 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 a pond there. Okay, but there was a bridge there before and you can go under the bridge to get into this area where people go fishing and you just you know take your boat out from under the bridge and you get back into the larger part of the lake can but now they have it blocked off they just build a road there so it separates both pieces of water right? which is just weird for why they did that um, but it's you know this this guy he described it as you know, a very odd between a hyena and a uh, baboon
1: you know when when you <clears throat> came on the show and we had the whole thing with the lbl and, <laughs> and <clears throat> we're not going to get into all that because there's was, there was a whole bunch of drama that went on <laughs> and and jody you got a you got a temper and and you know and so you I,
0: I don't I, I don't have a temper Here, here's the thing i'm passionate about what what I do and I, I it, it's well, I'm just, not you know, faulting
1: you for it. I have a temper, right?
0: right. <laughs> but but the thing of it is, I do. But but the thing about that is, I I researched that since 1987.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I talked to numerous around of people. I talked to there's only probably about a handful of people that investigated it. Even C.J. Johnson when he was alive, he investigated a crap out of LBO. Okay, not you mean J.C. Johnson. Uh, J.C. Johnson, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Good guy. Um,
0: you know, investigated it. And we talked. I mean, he even was on our documentary we did on LBL. Uh, and if anybody would heard about a survivor, he would have heard it.
1: Well, he- he- mean, here's what I was going to say, though. Like, like, I know that things get kind of heated on there. And, and, it, and it, we, it was a very good series, actually, because, like, uh, you came on. And then we had the guys from the Crypto Studies Institute. The late Johnny Henderson came on, and then um, we had the the witness that supposedly saw what he saw. And then you came back, and then Barton came on, Barton only. and then it was just it was just a very a, a week after week. It was, and then Nick Valente cross examined him. Um, it was a good series. If anybody hasn't heard it, Jody was on there a couple times, and it was. Uh, the live stream that we do on Tuesday, so if you're not listening to the live stream, you're missing out because it was an entire segment about the l b l that's why I don't want to rehash it because we've already beat it down to death i mean so but uh jody was was very involved in a lot of the investigations going on uh in, in the l b l and one of the things that i told- i think I told you this not only on the air but i think we I think we talked about it off the air too, like you know when I was in the early going uh I would get reports and instead of like going. Well, I should just put that away into a one-off, which I did sometimes, you know. But when when it this was not believable to me, I I, I kind of dismissed it. Well, these kids had gone into the LBL and they were drinking and, and they were doing things, you know, they weren't supposed to be doing. And so I just thought these kids were, you know, they were doing and you know, that's they were they, they you know, so I really didn't believe the the one guy said, yeah, we were just kids, we went in there, you know, we were teenagers and we were messing around. And we heard this like squawking, uh, grunting noise coming from both sides of our vehicles. And next thing you know, we're getting attacked by a pack of like ravenous looking wolf monkeys. Okay. That was like literally the words he used, like wolf monkeys. And I'm going like, what? In the-? And so, and, and you may have already heard this, Jody, but I was like, this sounds so ridiculous, dude. Like I'm reading it, you know, and you've probably done the same thing. And I, and I hope that. I'm not the only one guilty of this, but I was like, this is bull crap. So I didn't even finish reading it. So then uh, uh, the guy goes, Hey, my friend can verify it. You know, so I saw the email on there and I was like, mm. so I talked to the late uh, Armando Salazar is my old co-host. Unfortunately, he died of COVID about three weeks uh, prior to this recording and God rest his soul, just like Johnny Henderson but uh, I, I asked him. I said, "What do you think of this?" So I like showing him. He's just like, "This sounds like crap, you know. And we both, we're both kind of just dismissed it because it did sound ridiculous. Like it, we, and, and at the early going, we thought people were trolling us too. So we were like, "Well, maybe these people were trolling us," you know. And So we, if we put this on the air it could be one of those ah we got you we we gave you some bull crap and you you talked about it you know so we were very guarded against that and we couldn't get the 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 one guy's friend on the phone so all we had was the one guy saying this story and i'll be real honest i was guilty of not really listening to his story but then after i got descriptions like what you just said about that story and the descriptions that people have have said that when they've seen these creatures um, that's what they look like. And I was going like, oh, and, you know, it's one of those, I could have had a V8, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, and so I told my wife, I kicked myself. There's probably about half a dozen uh, things that I kick myself about when it comes to collecting stories that I've over, over the years, I've gotten better, at least with the show, you know, I've gotten better at like, you know, hey, this is something you shouldn't just dismiss, you know, because um, case in point, and I'm not going to go too far off track here, but the gargoyle that that was seen by an Alamogorda, and then there's one that was seen in Dayton, Ohio. Both of them, and I call that a gargoyle. They didn't call it a gargoyle, but they were seen le- like I think 11 years apart, something like that, and they were seen by two different families. One was a Hispanic family in New Mexico, and the other was a Caucasian family uh, in uh, Ohio. But they described the same thing, the same MO, the weird looking bulldog looking head. And the weird thing was it had like a chain on its neck. And I'm going like, what in the heck is that? That's weird. I've talked to one of the researchers who had a story like that. It was a winged cryptid. Um, and they heard a rattling noise, but they didn't know what it was. They didn't see the chain or whatever. Uh, so I thought that right there showed me, okay, you cannot dismiss people's stories. Because what if this person was telling you the truth and then later on, You know, somebody else comes along and tells you a story, but it was kind of a weird time for PRT because we were still kind of in our infancy and we had been messed with. We And we had been bullied, Mm -hmm. you know, by a few other – not you, Jody. You were always very kind to me and I I appreciate that. You always were respectful Mm -hmm. to me. But we we, we were bullied in the early going by some other podcasters and some people and and so we were messed with. And so I – was kind of apprehensive. I'm like, what do I do? I don't want to be made a a, a fool, you know, uh, by putting this story out there. And then, and then, you know, people go, "Oh, oh yeah, we made that up. Well, that, that was my fear. And it cost me because that story I think was real. I think it was legitimate. And the guy even said that one of these things had grabbed one of the girls that they were with and scratched the back of her neck and her, and her, and her back. And he was like, hey, we have photos. And I'm just like, I didn't respond. You know, and I'm going like, why did I do that? Because now you look back and you're going like, dude, this is, if people, if if you're out there and you're listening, please send me the information because I'm afraid too, maybe that that I, because we kind of blew them off. They probably thought, well, you know what, why, why bother? And maybe they just never, that information will be lost to time. Um, But yeah, it was him and another guy. And they said that they even had pictures of the guy's girlfriend who had gotten grabbed um, and they literally had to pull her up into the back of one of the trucks and uh, get out of there. But these things were, and, and they were like throwing bottles at them, just to, you know, to try to get them away from them, you know, and and they did have firearms. One of them had a, a, a firearm and he was unloading it at them, which slowed them down, um, you know, which would, would would, you know, say that, hey, these things were probably a flesh and blood creature, not something metaphysical. But like I said, th- I think that these things come from the inner earth. And I think that that mammoth cave system in in, in Kentucky, I think that's a big part of it. I think that's what's going on here, Mm -hmm. you know. And and then I I did get a story, which I I thought was a lot more believable. And I think I told it on my uh, show. I think it was the Devil Monkeys episode where it happened in Kentucky. Um, and these people were near a cave, the mouth of a cave, um, and these things came out at them, you know? And so I'm thinking, man, if only if I would have kept that story and not just deleted it and said, nah, this is nonsense. But you know, uh, and, and in my defense, and I'm not trying to make excuses for my bad, uh, judgment or whatever. Um, but you know, I've, I think I've done a lot better in, in the journalist aspect since then. Um, but I, 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 got a story from a guy from Massachusetts or I mean, uh, from Maine And he had me going. He was like, oh yeah, two days of dog man stories. He was telling me and he goes, I have all these stories about this interaction with this dog man. Then like the third day comes, okay. And I've been talking to this guy for a couple days, wasting time on this guy's story. He's gonna come on my show and tell all this amazing stuff. Then he starts talking about, he just goes completely off into La La Land and starts talking about, well, this dog man was attracted to me and was trying to mate with me, and I'm like, oh my god, dude. So that was it. I was like, dude, okay, all right, thank you. So that happens, and I know Nick uh, Valente, our associate, you know, uh, (laughs) you and him have both expressed that that frustration of dealing with these you know these accounts, and you have to sift through them. It's hard enough Mm -hmm. as it is, with and then there's liars muddying the water, but then you have people who just want to mess with you. Yeah, you know, you know, we, we,
0: we, we got this one report, um, this guy went to go visit his mother in a cemetery and, uh, he put the, you know, uh, flowers down there and he's talking to his mom and about 15 yards in front of him, just walking through the cemetery. He says, there's this person in a cloak you know, this gray cloak walking in a cemetery and it it looks over, at him, turns his head and it, it, he says, it's a dog's head because this thing's a dog wearing this cloak, walking in the cemetery. Uh, and I'm like, man, that's, you know, that's one of those, like you're talking about, you don't respond back, you know, it's like, man, that's crazy three months later, in a different part of the country, this woman uh, sends sends me an email saying that she was in the cemetery uh, visiting a relative with her mother and she saw two dog-headed people wearing, you know, cloaks, walking in the cemetery. And then you know, oh God, I can't. How I many months later, we get another one, in a different part of the country, uh, walking. You know, a, a dog-headed person walking. So I end up contacting and talked all. End up talking to all of them, and none of them are connected to each other. Uh, they're all different parts of the country. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it was fascinating. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, what could these things be? I mean, could they be hellhounds? Because you know the hellhound, you know its job was to protect the souls from the demons in the cemeteries. You know, maybe these things were hellhounds, and, and this, you know, they're protecting the souls in the cemetery, and they're wearing cloaks. Maybe they're able to walk up like a man, but it's just something weird. I, you know, you get crazy stuff like that.
1: You know this we just go ahead Jody.
0: No, I'm just saying you get odd stuff. It's like I remember uh, back in, here in Cincinnati, back in oh the 19 1940s from the 1930s going into the 1940s I think up into the 50s, people were seeing what they called a pink elephant in the Ohio River.
1: Okay. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, a pink a pink elephant. And what I'm sitting there thinking, a pink elephant. I'm thinking what would that be? I mean, that would kind of be like a plesiosaur. You know, if you think about it, you got the big hump and you got the Mm -hmm. the head. and elephants when they swim, you know, they have the trunk up and you just see the top of their heads. I'm thinking maybe, you know, what these people are seeing was a you know some type of sea serpent and the skin tone color was almost like a pink or something
1: well they're pink uh, but, porpoises too
0: yeah and it, it was just it's weird but i found a picture of a whale that they pulled out of the ohio river where one i guess came in through the uh, uh the gulf coast or something and came up through the mississippi you know, end up coming into the Ohio River, and they, there's a there's a picture of it where it's laying on the the banks, and there's this band, you know, <laughs> getting this picture taken with this well. So things are things are crazy. You can't shove off anything anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter how ridiculous it sounds. You have to follow up on it. You have to follow up because. There's always some type of truth, in and you know in these stories, and we live in a strange world oh, where yeah. anything is anything is possible. You know anything is possible.
1: Well, you know my my nephew came on the show one time. Uh, he lived in New Orleans for about two and a half years, and uh, he. Swears up and down that uh, near one of the the very famous cemeteries there, he was walking by it and he saw a shadow dog man, mm-hmm. and he told the story of it too. and And so you know what's funny, it's not funny, but like what's weird is m- my friend who was a DJ, he was living in Marfa, Texas at one time, and he moved out there because. His girlfriend was very, uh, I'm going to go out there and be an artist and uh, blah, 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 you know, that, whatever. And so he moved out there and he was like, he was miserable. Um, he couldn't wait to get back up here. But it's it's a beautiful area. My grandparents actually lived there for a couple of years um, when they retired and then before they came back. And, uh, and, and the operative word is, you know, back. They came back because it's like, there's nothing to do there. Eventually you get bored. But they saw, he saw two dogmen uh, that in his words okay and i talked about this on the, that guy's show um it, it was they were play fighting or it looked like they were kind of sparring you know almost like fighting like men would fight but they looked like werewolves they weren't real big they were just kind of like you know but his wife which is now his wife she saw them and she was like, oh my gosh, look at those two guys. And then they get closer and they're like, no, they're dogs. What is that? And then they were like, they that's they look like werewolves. Well, on that particular show that I told the story on, that's another one that I want to go back and give the entire um, story. And it's an, I want to give the story in its entirety. <clears throat> and so that is another project I'm going to do, whether I'm going to do it on the show or put it in the book. I don't know um but I haven't uh, I haven't really decided how I'm going to bro- how I'm going to do that. But there's a lot more to it than what was just on that show because I was only allowed to talk about the physical aspects of of what went on with them because there was a lot more going on than just the physical dogman encounters. But on that particular show he has a certain narrative that he wants. And that's, that is that, you know, yep. yeah, it has to be a physical thing. And there was a lot of weird stuff going on, man. And it culminated in something that happened during a Halloween party. Um, and so anyways, at some point I want to get that story out because th- there was more going on, but it was in a cemetery. And then there's another story I told, and this is my friend Arash who actually uh, owns a, uh, uh, three restaurants. Uh, he owns a bar. He's he's a really really good friend of mine. We've known each other since 1997. It's a long time to know somebody, and we've been really good friends. And and so we talk all the time. He's gonna he's gonna come on the show possibly uh, at some point on the live stream and tell one or two of his encounters. He's had two encounters. One was when he was in Lubbock as a kid. He was playing near a cemetery. Uh, with another couple, couple kids and they got followed home and he was messing with something like a Halloween mask or something. It was around Halloween. And he said that it was like, uh, cause it's it's weird that we were, we became really good friends and we both had encounters around Halloween. And he's like, this wasn't no guy, in no costume. People have asked me that too. And I'm like, no way, dude. It was like midnight for me or close to it. And this thing was on the ditch and it was digging. Or it looked like it was digging And I'm going like, what is that? And it stood up, you know, and I'm like, no way that there's a guy that big, that tall, seven and a half feet. And he's just sitting there in the middle of the night with nobody around and and dressed like a werewolf, you know, um, you know, in in a, in a sleepy little whatever. And so anyway, he saw this werewolf looking creature, you know, in the window, you know, the long story short. And so that, that's crazy because it started by the cemetery. He, they were playing and, and there was a cemetery nearby you know and so that theme that 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 theme of like like anubis you know he was the god of the of the dead you know he kind of like he you know that was his purpose cerberus you know he he protected you know the souls could not leave hades that was his job to guard the entrance you know right um you got that whole and i've talked about this before on the show you got that whole uh like death cemetery dog man you know uh, it just goes, you know, like it's just, it's so weird. I know Gadara, you know, with uh, Linda Godfrey, she wrote the book. Right. Yeah. So you had that, 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 that creature that said that, and it was in a cemetery and a security guard came upon that thing. You know, um, it's very, very weird. Uh, I had a weird night in a cemetery one time when I was doing security, uh, didn't have a dog man encounter. Thank goodness. But it was out in the middle of nowhere and something very weird happened to me um, and I think I've talked about that on the show too, but, uh, yeah, the cemeteries can be a very spooky place or they can just very calm and peaceful, you know, but people do see weird things. I've had people tell me that they've seen ghost lights bobbing around, around the headstones, you know? Um, and of course we've gotten reports of dogman type creatures coming out of balls of light. Right, yeah,
0: Brian. Brian Skinner seen one. Uh, Brian Skinner is a uh, uh, investigator out at uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, Ron, Ryan. Actually, you mean Ryan? Yeah, Smith? Ryan. I'm, Ryan, sorry. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm.
1: I just corresponded uh, with him just, yeah. just the other day. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just I, I could can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was telling me that he saw one came out of a um, uh, a light that mm-hmm. he saw. He was on I, actually. His story was on the Skinwalker Ranch, but they cut the part out where it turned into a
1: dog man. Well, of or course, into a wolf. They, yeah. So they, they they cut that out. But um, I got to get ready to go here. I got to get up before it's almost getting
0: on midnight here. Yeah, so, if that's all right.
1: Yeah, no problem. And and, yeah. and the next time you come on, Jody, uh, definitely want to touch on some of the stuff that, about the uh, the the uh, celestial aspects of Dogman that you've heard. I wanted to get into that at some point.
0: Yeah, we majority of our stuff, believe it or not, is it's supernatural. I mm-hmm. mean, there, there's there's a large supernatural aspect to to Dog Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually more than flesh and blood,
1: whether people so, want to admit it or not. Yeah,
0: yeah, whether well, they want to admit it or not, because these things are coming through portals. They're coming through different dimensions. They're communicating tele uh, tele pathically with uh people um i mean it's just really weird with some of the stuff that's happening with there's and there's also some extraterrestrial aspects to it too mm-hmm. um that, you know there's there, there's
1: a lot more we can get into and, and we'll do it again yeah. you'll come back we talk pretty regularly jody so yeah. we'll, we'll do it again and and uh, jody i appreciate you coming on and uh, no problem. i appreciate it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stop the recording now And I'm just going to say goodbye. So, folks, that's it for tonight uh, with uh, Jody Cook. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening in and and listening to us talk about these fascinating subjects with Jody. And like I said, Jody will be back. He'll come back. Jody's uh, one of those people.
0: Yeah, and I I won't get into an argument with anybody. (laughs) You know, (laughs) know, I I have to say, okay, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I allowed myself with the LBL and so with Roger, I allow myself, I allowed him to bring me down to that level you know that that I, I got. The, the, like I said, the thing of it is I was just so passionate about what I do. Um, I don't hate the guy. I just, I mean, I just don't agree with his story. And the reason why I don't agree with the story, because it does, the research doesn't add up and the thing of it is people have to follow the research on stories like this if you have a handful of researchers that has done research for 20 years plus on the subject and if no one has ever heard about it and someone comes out of the blue and says hey you know i'm this you know this person it it just doesn't make any sense It's just, and and there's a lot of factors that people don't know about this case that I know a lot, I mean, behind the scenes dealing with this individual and networks and stuff like that, but it's, it's, you know, I, I allowed myself, I should never allow myself to get down to that point and it will never
1: happen again. Well, people make mistakes. I mean, we've all gone at and had everybody in this the community's had a feud with somebody if they say they haven't they're lying there's people that just you know they're just good at at uh, masking their feelings but th- there's a lot of people that have strong feelings about everybody me everybody you uh, so guys that's it for tonight uh, we're going to call it a night but thank you for stopping by Jody everybody from PRT and Jody Cook good night